0: Worship the Lord in the Beauty of Holiness. This was the, the opening hymn on Friday morning at St. Paul's Cathedral. I don't know if any of you caught the, the program on the television uh, that was the, the national service of thanksgiving to mark the 90th birthday of Her Majesty the Queen. Uh, Emmeline and I sat on the comfort of our sofas and uh, enjoyed the celebration. We would not realized it was going to be on and it was by pure chance that I happened to switch the telly on just before it started. What a blessing it was to us. It kind of left us there, glued to the sofa all morning, and we're going, We need to do some gardening. Yes, but we'll just watch this first. As we sat there, we heard um, words from the New Testament that were considered the birds of the air, from Luke 12. And from the Old Testament, from Psalm 139, focusing on, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I thank you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And the Archbishop of Canterbury preached his sermon, drawing on both these two concepts, and spoke of how the Queen had been called and equipped by God to be the woman that she was, that God had a plan for each of us and that hers had been to serve the nation and the commonwealth and how well she had done that and how thankful we can be for that in this land. But as Justin Welby came to a a close and got down from the pulpit... Emmeline sat next to me, turned and said, Right now, his wife is getting ready to tell him, You can do better than that. <laughs> this morning, over coffee, while holding a donut, I had a comment on my sermon. It happens. Well, it wasn't quite a sermon in the first thing. She said, you got to a point where you discussed all that was there about service, but I'd not proclaimed the gospel. And she knew that I was going to do that. I was going to say that Christ died for our sins and that we can have life through him. And true enough, that's what I went on to do in the last minute of my address. My wife knows me too well, as most wives and husbands know their partners well. Likewise, Welby had covered the key points of the passage, or passages, I should say. He spoke, if a little hesitantly, I thought at first, in a way that could be listened to. He made reference to the fact that it was the Duke of Edinburgh's 95th birthday on Friday. He didn't say anything that I could disagree with. Yet yeah, Emmeline was probably right aware of the sensitivities of the service, a Christian service, but including a multi-faith element within the congregation, he did not mention that sin is a mortal wound that we can only be saved from through the cross of Christ. Now, of course, if he had said that, he would have got it in the neck from somebody else. There would be somebody out there, some expert, that would have criticised him. But that is the message we must proclaim. That Christ died for our sins. And that is the message that Paul is trying to make clear to the people of Corinth, and by that I mean the church in Corinth, that they are missing out. The church is not called to simply be a bunch of nice people. We have the charge of proclaiming that Christ is Lord. We can be thankful that the Queen has faith in Jesus and has often proclaimed in Christmas messages how it has guided her life and kept her strong in challenging times. But the rulers of the first century did not know who Jesus was. It was a hidden mystery to them. Even Pontius Pilate, who seemed to see something in Jesus and ordered the sign that was nailed to the cross above his head to read, King of the Jews. Even Pilate could not recognize that the carpenter's son from Galilee, who was before him, was the one through whom all creation had come into being the very son of god by the holy spirit the mystery is revealed and the identity becomes known and so god's wisdom and god's plan comes to us by the holy spirit we can gain a knowledge that is great. We become wise people. The world may think we are foolish, but we become wise people. We gain a knowledge that is greater than the learning of many a university professor, greater than a president or a prince, greater than any professional pundit or philosopher, greater than anyone, and not just those starting with the letter P. This understanding, if it is true to us, must shape our lives and reshape our lives. So that the measure of all we consider is the greatness of God's kingdom rather than the greatness of the earthly realm or the greatness of our own well-being. This great wisdom, the fact that God loves us and sent his son to die for us, so that we might have life, is something that can be understood by the youngest of children in a Sunday school. From an early age, we can grab hold of it. However, as we get older, something more of the implications of that gospel might come to us how much suffering he went through, how much pain he endured, how much we have to be thankful for. And also, how he longs for us to retell the story in our words and our actions. Yet for many rather than drawing them even closer, closer to the Heavenly Father's arms, as they start to hear and realise what this message is, what this wisdom is, they start to walk away. And they do this for a number of reasons. Perhaps... It is the sense to them that the sin is too great. That we are unworthy. And so they walk away. But whatever we have done. When we turn to the Lord. He will forgive. Perhaps for some. There is a perception that we cannot repay the debt that is owed. And so rather than start doing it and try, they walk away. But of course, we never could repay that debt that we are owed. We could never repay the ransom that has been paid in our name but we weren't intended to. It was a gift, a gift of love. Maybe it is through trying to rationalise or quantify and so comprehend scientifically the act of Jesus dying in one's place. But the love of God is so great, it cannot be analysed. It denies earthly wisdom. He simply loves. He forgives. He promises new life. And so many that could know and have great hope in their life, many who could become wise, choose not to. Anyone of any age may receive this wisdom. The wisdom that comes from God through receiving the Holy Spirit. But Paul stresses here the need not just to receive, but to become mature. Now, this maturity is not about becoming older, it's not about a passing of time. Though it does happen over a period of time. It's not an instant act. But it's about becoming stronger. Having a deeper flavour. A greater wisdom that equips you to be the person that God has called you to be. Paul has something in his mind about maturing and this is that we will never reach the fullness of it in our earthly life. And part of the maturing process for the Christian includes the requirement of knowing that you have even further to grow. However long you've been maturing, you can still mature more. And having that within us, that knowledge that as you journey for a horizon and discover new things, there is still further lands beyond, further experience, further knowledge other ground to mature in. There is always more to learn about. Paul was concerned that the people of Corinth, the people who had been saved were not maturing. Those who have been born again should have been renewed into spiritual people but they were reverting to a lifestyle that was not any different from that around them or from that which they had had before they converted. On discovering our faith and choosing to follow Jesus, be it at a young age or as an adult It is essential that we realize it's the start of something, not the end. It's not that we have reached that point and everything is finished. It's not that we've reached a point where we can sit down and relax. We have to continue to grow in faith and maturity. It's like when you pass, first pass a driving test and you are allowed by yourself onto the open road. Most driving instructors will tell you that's where the learning begins, that's where the learning might get harder. it's not the time to start relaxing it's the time to carry on the truth is the same by our faith however long it has been that we have known the Lord as our saviour we still have more to learn more to mature into more to grow and God has equipped us that we can grow and learn more and more That we can exchange our experiences with one another, and that together we can discern the mind of Christ. We can have the wisdom of God because He will guide us to make the right decisions. The decisions that we must have in our daily life, our life at home, or at our workplace in our neighbourhood, in our church. We are each called to be part of that body, to be God's children, to love and to serve. And so it is right that we may follow the example of our Lord Jesus the King of Kings, and also in the example of our earthly but faithful Queen, that we might choose to become wise people, growing in a maturity of faith and not found to be lacking. Amen.